0: Hello Asylum, tonight's Out of This World tale comes to us from Lightning Nations on Reddit. It's called 25 Years Ago, I Heard a Fatal Campfire Story. So it's an alien, Andrew asked from across the campfire. I didn't say alien, Lee snap. I
1: mean, I'm not saying it's not an alien, just that nobody knows for sure.
0: For a moment, the only sounds were the fire crackling and the bugs out in the forest. Sure sounds like an alien to me. I said, then pulled my marshmallow away from the plank. Andrew pushed up off of his elbow. At 14 years old, he was the biggest and oldest member of our group. Okay, let's go over the facts. It's a strange life form. Nobody knows where it came from. And it's a threat to humanity. Conclusion. Alien. I bit into my marshmallow tooth soon, scalding my tongue. I never said alien, Lee mumbled. Whenever Andrew got worked up, the best thing to do was let him have his way. To my right, Jordy lay down inside his tent, his leg brace making a sharp metallic clatter. So, if it's not an alien, what is it? Andrew asked, suspicious but curious. Nobody knows. I mean, there's theories. What theories? Leaning forward. Okay.
1: Some people think it's a parasite from beneath the ocean. They say scientists off the coast of Mexico were drilling when they accidentally stumbled into this hidden cavern, which meant it was able to find a human host and escape. That's just the plot of the thing, Andrew said,
0: his voice all serious. Doesn't mean it didn't happen. Yeah, it does. Andrew was all worked up, despite being the one who asked me to tell his dumb story in the first place. I thought for a moment... If they were underwater, how'd the scientists
1: get into the cave? Lee shrugged. Maybe they had a way to keep the water out. Either that or the parasite got into a scuba suit. Or maybe it followed
0: them back to the surface? My eyes flicked toward Jordy, whose forehead was beaded with sweat. Before we left, Jordy's dad asked us to keep a close eye on him. Hey, Jordy. Everything okay? Yeah, he answered. His voice all shaky. Just a little dizzy, Lee. You better stop," said Andrew. "You're scaring poor Jordy. He's about to wet his sleeping bag." Jordy, you sure you're all right? I asked. He gave a quick thumbs up and rolled onto his side, facing the inside of his tent. Andrew looked at Lee and said, "Okay, there we want to see monster. What else?" Lee paused to really ramp up the suspense. Russian bio weapon. Together, Andrew and I threw our heads back and laughed. Lee patted his hands and stood up.
1: Fuck you guys. Stop being such a bitch. I said.
0: Russian bioweapon. Go on. By now, my marshmallow had cooled enough to swallow in one tasty gulp. He plopped that boom to his tree stump. Yeah,
1: I mean, if you ask me, it makes the most sense. Think about it. You send one infected person to a place like New York, then the parasite starts to replicate. Soon you've got a whole country filled with drones. But how would they keep it from infecting Russians? They yes. ask. If somebody gets on a plane to Moscow, it fuck them up too. Maybe it doesn't like the cold. Maybe it only replicates in warmer
0: climates.
1: Like I said, nobody knows for sure. they
0: he's still dissecting it. A breeze picked up, blowing the fire sideways, briefly making our shadows long and twisted. I said, So we've got a sea monster and a
1: bioweapon. What else? Well, the final theory is alien,
0: obviously. Obviously. I said, then stretched out my arms. Okay, let's
1: say this thing's real. How would you tell somebody's infected? Lee picked up a stick and dragged it through the dirt. Well, first they'd start acting weird, kinda shifty and ill, like they had the flu or something. And they'd get worse and worse until they were about to die. Except they wouldn't. They'd just go into this kind of status until the next victim got close enough.
0: And your dad knows all this how,
1: Andrew asked.
0: He saw it with his own eyes. Bullshit! It's true! Lee shot back, offended by the accusation. You're such a fucking liar! Above our head, stars went out as an owl swooped from left to right. Shut up, Andrew. I said, I want to hear this. Go on,
1: tell us how your dad knows about the monster alien thingy. He tossed this stick away. Okay, so one night he gets a call. Dispatch says there's a nurse at the hospital who's freaking out. She's working late and there's not many people around and something weird's going on. Anyway, he gets over there super fast and the nurse comes out and says, It's in the morgue. While she leads him through, Dad asked, What am I looking for? And she replied, You'll
0: know when you see it.
1: He goes in all slow with his pistol out, and there's body bags on tables all around the room. And when he gets to the middle, one of the bags starts thrashing around. He can see a figure inside the bag, and it's fighting to get out like a dead man just came back to life. So my dad goes over and grabs the zipper, and he takes a deep breath and pulls it open, and boom, there it is, a corpse except its skins all wriggly. And this actually calms my dad down, because he figures the staff fucked up and left the corpse there for a few weeks, and now it's filled with rats and cockroaches and shit. But then he poked its chest. Oh, shit, I said, leaning forward. The story was pure ass-grating, but still fun. Next thing he knows, the corpse's head starts convulsing. Lee mimicked the movements. Like it's thrashing around until the mouth opens wide. And out pops this fat furry worm thing. And I mean, it's so thick it has to wriggle past the guy's mouth. My dad said it was like a severed arm. I bet your mom could swallow it whole, Andrew interrupted. Lee flipped him off without stopping the story. So it works its way out and it's like a snake except. Harrier. And it crawls around coming after my dad. He decides, fuck it, and runs back through the doors. Then shouts, we've got to form a barricade. He seals the morgue off and calls dispatch and says, give me a team of scientists and an exorcist. Next thing, all these guys in has suits rolling. There's helicopters above the hospital and they set up full military blockade. They bring my dad in and ask a million questions. Then make him strip off his clothes and power wash him with a hose. Andrew (laughs) chuckled. I bet they didn't ask him to do that. It was probably his idea. Suck a chode Andrew Anyway They decide he's okay But don't tell anyone Because this is serious shit Then as an afterthought Lee added
0: But he told me Obviously With that He leaned back His face all smug Okay Andrew said Holding up his hand That's bullshit For three reasons He raised his index finger Number one We live in a boring as fuck town Full of losers Who talk about Boring as fuck shit All day If that happened, it'd be all anybody talked about. Think about it. When Jordy's family got in their accident, quickly, Lee and I motioned for Andrew to shut up. Months earlier, Jordy's dad lost control of his Volvo with the whole family, Jordy and both his parents inside. The vehicle tumbled down an embankment, flipped several times, and came to a stop upside down. Jordy got a metal plate in his skull along with a fancy leg brace. His dad got a cracked wrist, and his poor mom wound up six feet under. For weeks, we were worried Jordy might wake up a vegetable. Although Andrew was sometimes an asshole, he wasn't that big of an asshole to deliberately bring up the accident. He just got carried away. He cleared his throat and said, <clears throat> when Roy Lee body shit in on the post office floor last year, it was literally front page news. How the fuck could they kept the government quarantining an entire hospital under wraps? And if they did quarantine all those people, why would they just let your dad walk away? You said it yourself. Nobody understands this thing. How would they know it didn't implant him with eggs or spores or something?
1: Because they scanned him, Lee replied.
0: You're so full of shit. I'm serious. Yeah, like the time your dad killed Bigfoot. He did kill Bigfoot. Lee looked ready to get in Andrew's face, which wasn't a good idea because he was burning mad even though it was just a fun campfire story.
1: It took 56 bullets to bring him down and the CIA stole the body. It was a huge cover up. Okay, ladies, calm yeah. down. I said to you.
0: It's getting late. I'm turning in. Cool story, Lee, even if it was made up. Everybody turned to their own tense, goodnight. What was the third reason? Jordy asked without looking around. I thought he'd fallen asleep already. What? Andrew asked. You said there were three reasons the story was bullshit. What was the third? Andrew grinned. Lee's mom didn't say anything about it when she had my dick in her mouth last night. Lee fired back with, him. Is your dick so small ladies can talk with this still in their mouth? While I stifled a laugh, Andrew charged over and grabbed Lee into a headlock. Then they jostled a little. Good night, I said, zipping shut the entrance to my tent. But lying there, I couldn't sleep. Not because of the story, though. It was just one of those awkward human nights. After an hour of tossing around, strange sounds started coming from outside. They were hard to hear over Andrew's snores, even when I listened carefully. So I poked my head outside and realized they were coming from Geordie's open tent. He hadn't looked so hot earlier. There might have been something wrong. Geordie? I called softly. No response. I called again, a little louder this time. Still nothing. By now the fire had burned itself out. I kicked on my shoes, felt my way to Geordie's tent, and leaned inside. Geordie, bud, everything okay? That close, I could sense movement. His sleeping bag was zipped all the way up and facing away from me, but it looked as though Jordy was wriggling around, like an escape artist trying to break out of a straitjacket. I gulped. As my fingers hovered inches away from the zip of the bag, my thoughts went back to Lee's story, to the parasite and how it leaped between hosts. The roasted marshmallow nearly slid up again. Part of me wanted to give Jordy a nudge to check he was okay. But at that moment, I'd have rather dip my hand in the shark-infested waters. I pictured a fat furry alien worming its way down my throat. But there was no reason to panic since the most plausible explanation was Jordy had decided to spank the monkey. If I nudged him, the guy would probably roll over bare cock in hand and it'd be super, super awkward. Back in my tent, I pulled the zip all the way up and slept as far from the entrance as possible. Did I believe Lee's dumb story? enough to keep a heavy torch close by in case any aliens tried to climb inside my mouth apparently the sun was up when I heard Lee scream Rogging and tired I crawled outside what's going on? he was performing chest compressions on Jordy he had gnats and mosquitoes all over his face wake up Jordy Lee shouted his voice all shaky wake up Andrew stood over the jaw hanging open Jordy wasn't moving he wasn't breathing either Since I was the fastest, I sprinted to the closest ranger station and frantically explained the situation. The ranger called a doctor who got there too late, far too late to help. Jordy was dead. We called our parents who came to pick us up. A few days later, after the three of us returned to school, the principal summoned us into his office. He sat on his desk in a weirdly informal way, the grim look on his face. Boys, I just got the call from Jordy's father, he sighed. First things first, none of you did anything wrong. In fact, the doctor praised you for reacting so quickly when you discovered what happened. But as you know, a while back, Jordy and his family got into an accident and he suffered a pretty nasty brain injury. Oh, fuck, no. My gut twisted. Since Jordy was six months out of the crash without any lingering problems, the doctor's classified him as low risk, which meant his dad didn't see any harm in letting him camp out with his closest friends like old times. The principal pinched the bridge of his nose. Well, unfortunately, after brain injuries, people can suffer all kinds of medical problems. Months or even years later. I Don't say it. Please don't say it. Well, it turns out in the middle of the night, Jordy took a pretty severe seizure. My throat sealed itself shut. Like I said, you boys didn't do anything wrong. If Jordy had been asleep in his own bed, it would have been the exact same result. The principal kept speaking, although I didn't hear a single word because already the guilt had taken hold. When I leaned into Jordy's tent, he'd been mid seizure. He'd been mid seizure. Just walked away. The principal asked if we needed to go home early to properly process the news. All three of us said yes. I never told anybody what happened. I came close at the funeral, but decided against it, partly because it wouldn't have done any good, mostly out of shame. So that's it. There's really not a point to this story, but the 25th anniversary of Jordy's death is creeping up, and I felt this overwhelming need to tell somebody, anybody. Even just strangers on the internet. So now the story's out there you don't know about the shitty thing I do. Tell me, my dear Sala. Is there anything you've done when you were younger that you regret now? Would you like to get it off your chest? Do tell. I would love to pick your brain. If you enjoyed this tale by Lightning Nations you can find the link in the description. And if you have a tale that you would like narrated by me, you can reach me at justmygemini at gmail.com. Until next Friday, good night. And don't let the monster under the head bite.